0: I'm Marcus Smith, and this is Constant Wonder. This month, with Christmas drawing near, join me on a journey called Advent. Constant Wonder is marking this venerable tradition, a calendar of hopeful anticipation, with daily short episodes, a new Advent experience every day all the way through the 25th. Together with special guests, we're seeking out the wonder and awe felt by so many people during this season of hope, reverence, peace, and goodwill. Today is December 6th. We often think that the nativity story ends with the visit of the wise men, maybe the flight into Egypt. But when we skip from the manger scene to the family on the run from Herod, there's a crucial chapter in the middle that we often overlook. It was Hannah Anderson who reminded me of this omission. She's the author of Heaven and Nature Sing, 25 Advent Reflections to Bring Joy to the World. Hannah lives in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. She's always loved the country life.
1: I come by all of this honestly all the ways that I think about the world really were built into me from childhood because I grew up homesteading, I grew up around animals and gardening. And when you grow up that way, there's things that you learn very naturally that other people I think have to learn in less organic ways. For example, I learned very quickly where babies came from where animals came from, how they reproduced. I learned, I remember my grandmother's cat gave birth under her bed, and I could have only been four or five at the time. And I got to watch that happen. I got to watch birth. And then she taught us how to sex the kittens to know which ones were male, which ones were female. And so those kinds of conversations that, you know, can be a little uncomfortable for us when we're talking with our children, I was introduced to them in a very organic way. I got to see a lot of things that I don't know that children necessarily see as much now. And it introduced me into the naturalness of bodies whether it was animal bodies, creaturely bodies, or human bodies. I thought of that when I was coming to the nativity story because we're talking about something very, very fundamental and yet something that we obscure sometimes. We're we're talking about birth. We're talking about conception, the growth of a fetus and a baby here, And the coming into life. And we're talking even afterwards within the story about some practices that would have been common in the Jewish tradition. The time of of circumcision, of ritual purification for the mother after birth. And I think we pass over that pretty quickly. But there's an earthiness there, right? There's a realness to that that I think is worth consideration
0: Well, there's also something about, we kind of ended the nativity story. Well, sometimes we get as far as Herod and the slaughter of the innocents. But basically, for most people, once we got the baby in the manger, the story's over, and the mother still has to recover.
1: Yes. And if you've given birth or you've loved someone who has given birth, you know that that's not a simple thing for a a woman's body. This is a major event Um, It's nine months in coming, (laughs) and it's as many months in in healing and restoring. But particularly within those first few weeks after birth, there's a lot still happening. And within the ancient tradition of Jewish law, these weeks after birth were marked for women. They were set aside as a time to heal, to rest. But then when the weeks would be completed— There was an offering or a sacrifice to be made as a way of restoring her, um, maybe back to common life. So there was this kind of secluding away to give time to heal, to recover, and then an ushering back in to communal life. And within the, the story of nativity, we see this as Mary takes the child to the temple. There are two things happening in that movement of the story, where Mary is going to be purified, and also the the child is circumcised earlier. And what's offered up in the story are uh, two doves, and this would have been an offering um, that would have been offered out of poverty. And and it's kind of a confusing bit of the story, uh, particularly for modern readers. It feels like, why is this happening in a temple? Why is there a sacrifice? Is something wrong? Why the language of purification? That sounds like there's a shadow over this, that something is wrong and something needs to be fixed. But really what it is, is it's an honoring of the body. It's an honoring of the birth process, a recognition of the significance of what has happened. It's an honoring and a giving back to God for the care and preservation of the mother through that process. And to us as worshipers, or as to the worshipers to Mary, it would have been a signal that everything about them was being received their entire physicality was coming before God. And I think that's something that modern people, you know, we tend to live in our heads a lot. And there is an earthiness to our bodies and to our humanity that sometimes we miss. And this kind of ritualistic purification to me is that kind of invitation, and honoring of the earthiness of our bodies.
0: You say earthiness, and I'm I'm hearing kind of a red thread through what you're saying here and what I've heard you say elsewhere, that at the Christmas season, anything that is tactile and concrete and made, created, earth, food, an infant, our bodies— All of that physicality is not to be neglected.
1: It is to be celebrated. And Christmas is one of the most material, and I use that in the best possible way, the most material holidays. It is a celebration of the embodiment of the Christ child. It is a celebration of the earth receiving God. And this kind of way we celebrate it through sensory experiences, through light and taste and sound, through the Christmas trees, through the decorations, through the songs, this all is a celebration of the materiality of the world that we live in. And it is an honoring of it. We see Mary's body honored within the story. We see the infant's body honored. And I think that is a suggestion to us about how we would honor our own bodies and our own lives, especially in this season. It's very easy to think of the magical nature of Christmas. We talk about the wonder, and that's true. That's absolutely true. There is something deeply spiritual and wondrous about this season. But I think the surprising element to this season is that the wonder is actually much more physical. It's much more mundane. It is an embrace of this entire realm, this entire world that we exist in as good.
0: Thanks for joining with us today for Constant Wonder. This is day six of our Advent observance. Our guest has been Hannah Anderson, author of Heaven and Nature Sing, 25 Advent Reflections to Bring Joy to the World. We're going to hear more from her later on in our series. Today's episode was produced by Teneri Taylor with help from Mamie Teebles and Brian Barba, sound designed by James Call. If you'd like to go back and catch installments of this series that you may have missed, you can find it all at byuradio.org, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll join with us tomorrow again. We're going to take a trip to Antarctica with field researcher Naira DeGracia. DeGracia spent two Christmases on the ice, and like Hannah Anderson, she celebrates the wondrous physicality of newborn life. DeGracia found herself in a place of belonging with creatures who find room enough to live in seemingly inhospitable places. I'm Marcus Smith. Constant Wonder is a production of BYU Radio.